There's accidents every, every year. Every year. So when I'm walking down the street and there's scaffolding, I cross the street if I'll I can. Do the same thing. You do the same <laughs> thing, right? Because you know. I know. I'm insurance. You know, I'm insurance guys. I'm right. like, oh my so god. So don't walk under scaffolding. I never do. You, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is this probably like a, yeah, maybe a one percent chance, but it's a one percent chance. Yeah. Why do I have it? Nothing to do with it. <laughs> I'm exactly. not going to do it. You're listening to Pardon the Disruption with your host Tom Young. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. I'm sitting here in Midtown, uh, just uh, by Grand Central Station at uh, a startup, uh, Plank Data, a new startup. He's got some series funding. Yep. And I'm sitting here with Leandro Demoulet. Is that right? That's good. That's a good. So I, I had to look. You told me I looked it up. I did look it up, the translation, and it's in Italian, and it does stand for from... From the mules. Yeah, so that's okay. So, Leandro, give us a little bit of background on you, and then let's talk about Plank, what you guys are doing, and some cool things around how you're trying to take data and reinvent insurance. Yeah, sure. Um, pleasure to be here. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, my background has been in financial services since I can remember, right? over 25 years. Uh, prior to joining Plank about six months ago, mm-hmm. I was the chief data officer for AIG. Cool. How long were you at AIG? About six years. Yeah. Before that, I was at BlackRock, and before yep. that, I was at Citibank. Uh, always in analytics and data. Right. Um, and and now I'm at Plank. Very different environment. So you're seeing a you 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 have seen data because I mean financial services has really always been at the cutting edge of the use of te- advanced technologies for their business models. Yeah. So you've seen how important data is, and uh, you know my observation is it's 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 becoming more important on a nonlinear basis. Correct. I think it's exponentially right, increasing. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And and you're right on the previous comment too, because I think I also spend time at Deloitte. So I've seen data from a consulting point of view and then from a client point of view. Right. And now from a vendor point of view. Right. Um, and they're very different. Right? Yeah. There are different things that you need to account for. One thing is the sort of the common denominator is Data is very important, and it's growing exponentially. The importance right. and how you use it um, to really make the difference in financial services and even even in other industries as well. But financial services is true. I think it's more relevant because all we have is data, or insurance companies especially. Right? right. Banks too, but that's all we do. Right. We'll we'll get a bunch of data and try to assess risk for a policy and price that policy accordingly. If we do a good job, insurance company does a good job. You make money. If you don't, you lose money. It's very simple. There's nothing else, right? There's no, nothing is being manufactured. Right. Um, so again, uh, I joined Plank about six months ago mm-hmm. after being the chief data officer for AIG for nearly six years. And Plank, uh, the reason I joined is we're really looking forward into the future of how data can be used in insurance, leveraging AI mm-hmm. to. Um, I'll explain the process very quickly to give you an idea what the concept is. And think about a commercial insurance policy for a small business. Yes. Today, if you're a business owner, you need to answer about 50, even 100 questions about your business. Mm -hmm. A bar. What is the light intensity of the bar? Do you sell beer? Do you sell, um, do you have a pool table? Do you have a bull riding machine riding on the floor? Right, right. So all those are important for your insurance policy. You have to do it or an agent will do it for you. The reality is all that data is available out there, right, in one shape or form. Mm-hmm. It could be the bar's website. It could be Yelp. It could be cameras. many cameras. Yeah. Every single piece of information now is being made publicly available through the web. 
you have some specialized uh, sources you can go to. Google was doing. So you would get 50 data points, and the, the, the collection method was analog. Correct. And now you're getting 500 or 5,000, and the data points are digitally collected. Digitally collected. Right. And you're right. You're spot on. And it changes the game. You completely change the game. Yeah. How many today, if you are an underwriter and you get a policy, right? how many sources can you actually find manually? One, two, three, four, five, if you're really good. And subject to high levels of error as well. Correct. If you let the machine do it, Machine can go to thousands of sources, extract everything, videos, pictures, customer reviews, posts, articles, web pages, satellite images, a lot, and make sense of it all. That's the idea. Collect everything that is publicly available, and this is why we're not going to, we don't go to personal insurance, because then you start getting into confidentiality issues, type tapping into your mm-hmm. personal information. So you're really focused on commercial underwriting. We're just focused on commercial. Right. Um, but that is publicly available data mm-hmm. and allows you to really understand just not only the, the, the traditional questions that are being asked, but also create some new insights. And this is what we call creating new yeah. data, which so is really cool. We talk in, in our consulting business, we talk about, um, especially in our talking points for 2019, this notion of applying advanced technologies in two dimensions. And let's, we were talking before we went on the air here about sports. So think of um, a defensive playbook mm-hmm. and an offensive playbook. The defensive playbook helps you do things better, faster, cheaper. And in the insurance industry, it helps me underwrite better and assess risk and price it appropriately and take mitigating factors so I don't lose money. But offensive playbook says, I'm going to take all that information that help, allowed me to do that well, and I'm going to monetize it somehow. So uh, you use the example of a bar. Imagine, well, all that information that I have is publicly available. I now can sell back to the bar an override that says, you know, if you did a happy hour from 4 to 7, your sales will go up 20%. Yes. So that's right. That's what you're doing. Yes. Right. To some extent, that's what we're doing. We're focused on risk and and, and LP underwriting policies. Yep. But you clearly saw the potential yeah. of the, the, the technology and the platform, the solution. Another example um, that happened to us, which I think it's one of the coolest examples, um, one of our clients asked us, I, well, they, they write nightclubs, mm-hmm. so policies for nightclubs in New York State. So they asked us, um, this is interesting, can you guys give us the data about the, the, the area of the dance floor for all nightclubs? Digitally. So it's so okay. We'll, we'll train the AI and configure the platform to answer that. AI extracted a lot of that data from pictures, from satellite images, license information, answer that, the area. But that's one risk insight. That's more traditional. Mm-hmm. Now, what was interesting was this, the follow-up question, which is, okay, now I see it. But if you think about risk in a nightclub, it's not just about the area of the dance floor. It is about the neighborhood. how packed is. Oh, plus that too. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get there. And is there a bouncer at the door? Is right. the bouncer armed? So all those questions you can answer now without having to ask someone. Mm-hmm. But even to stick to the death floor example, the underwriter came back and said, what I really like to know, something that I couldn't even get until today, which is how packed is that death floor? But that's what the risk is. If you think about it, you know, it could be a very large dance floor. And you had like three people dancing or four people dancing. Yeah. But then it could be a very tiny one 
full of people. A mosh pit. You want to know that. So and it's the cool part. We went back, and because people post pictures of everything these days, um, we trained the AI to actually count the number of people that were in those selfies and estimate what is the density of the people dancing in those dance floors at a given day of the week. So you must have found some cool stuff. Yeah, we found a lot of cool stuff. Could that, if you go one step further, yeah. we can then estimate the average age and the age distribution of that club mm-hmm. or the gender mix of that club. Don't tell me how it's going to be used for underwriting. Yeah. I don't think it will. But it gives you an idea of the potential of the, the, the technology to really start looking into how things work. Well, even you, you can, t- I mean, you're, we're at some level just scratching the surface because all those same pictures, you run a face recognition algorithm, right. you pull social media data, and now I can do recombinant uh, analysis on a whole bunch of stuff way beyond the original model. And that's, that's what goes into, so, you know, again, uh, we, I use the offensive-defensive playbook. The other one we have, the other metaphor we use with people is a wave value of, of, uh, of value. It's like a different mm-hmm. wave coming. It's like surfing. The first wave does everything. It's the defensive wave, better, faster, cheaper. Mm. The second wave is bigger wave, is, is monetizing the consequentials, uh, the digital exhaust that comes off. And that's kind of a little bit, a lot of it what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. The third wave, which you probably uh, are imagining but you're not doing yet but you could do in the future, is completely transform new businesses. Oh, yeah. Where you think about... I'm going to go do this. And, and, and you come from financial services, so think of high-frequency trading, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I automated trade execution, trade quotes all the way through, and that was better, faster, cheaper. And then I'm taking all the data from that, and I'm using that to you know, front-run markets and stuff like that. And then I just move to a completely new model, and I take humans out of it. And now you can't, you can't day trade against machines now, yeah. Yeah. right? So think about the, the future when you're underwriting different businesses. What businesses could they be in if they had perfect information? Correct. And then even the gamification of insurance. Mm-hmm. Are you doing some of that? No, we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, even things like insurance on demand, which is becoming more So who are, you, who are your clients? Are your clients insurance companies? They're insurance companies. Yeah. So you're just providing insight to them. We're providing insight to them. Right. And, uh, and, and then you get into the whole politics of data. Yeah. You know, they give you the data. Who owns the data? Do you own the residuals? Can you own the metadata? They, they own the insights. Right. right. Because the way that we capture the data, you know, we have agreements with, with some sources and we have their APIs. So we use right. their APIs. Right. But, um, but we're providing the insights. We're providing the results that come from mining a lot of that data, transforming, as I say, transforming the data into information. Because sometimes a picture is just a picture. Right. right? But you can extract so much from that picture from a customer review. So we're providing sort of the combination of that. And there is a ton of value. There was a, um, actually I was presenting a webinar yesterday for a company where we did some research. And even the more traditional sources that you think are the truth, uh, let's say a restaurant, right? If you mm-hmm. and I want to go to a restaurant, you typically check on it with your phone. And <coughs> right. I'm not going to mention the sources that you go to, but you can, you know, the, the most yeah, usual one. Right. And you, oh, is it open or closed? You think they're mostly right. Well, even the best source it's probably 70, 75% right. It happened to me a lot. I mean, maybe I'm just unlucky, right? Every time I, you know, listen. But we are able to provide 95% because instead of looking at one, two, three sources, we're gonna look at everything, right? right. The machine will look <coughs> at Cameras hundreds, of thousands, lot. everything. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's creepy, right? It gets the creepy factor sometimes. 
especially if you're dealing with, uh, with personal data. This is why we don't go there um, because there's so much data out there that tells everything that, you know, you or I or everybody's doing. Yeah, I don't think that the politically the, 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 the privacy conversation is happening uh, rationally, yeah. right? Because yeah. uh, people treat it as a, a binary thing where they're going to do it or we're not. And uh, there, there is a tremendous amount of benefit to waiving your privacy rights if you can become the customer of the insight. Correct. Right, because it can help me. Mm-hmm. You know, so think about, let's go back to the insurance, right? Y- you want to help clients make better financial decisions on their underwriting so that they, they eliminate the, the losses as a, from lack of insight. Correct. So they, they, they mischaracterize a risk pool and price it inappropriately. But the second thing you can do is really provide a feedback loop mechanism to actually reduce systemic risk by providing behavioral insights so that it's not just a financial decision. You can actually de-risk the environment. You're right. You right. understand this very well. Yeah. yeah. It is spot on. Right. And there's a ton of opportunity there for everybody. You're right. For both parties. Right. Just the insured, the insured and the insurance company. Right. right. I'm thinking about, and I just mentioned, uh, insurance on demand. I have a car. Mm-hmm. I rarely drive the car because I commute to the city and I live in Connecticut. So... Why am I paying for that car insurance, um, you know, seven days a week if I'm barely driving it one day a week, right? So, so having that transparency will allow the insurance company to charge me less because there's much less risk. So it's beneficial for for both. Yeah. So imagine the um, the car insurance company uh, sees that you're parking in a certain area on a regular basis. They provide you a coupon to park somewhere else, and it de-risks them. Exactly. And sends you, and it's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it gives you insight as, hey, you're doing something that's probably dangerous. Yeah. So I I, I read this article uh, about scaffolding in New York. Right. There's yeah. there's accidents every, every year. Every year. So when I'm walking down the street and there's scaffolding, I cross the street if we'll I do can. Do the same thing. You do the same <laughs> do thing, the right? Because you know. I know. I'm insurance. You know, I'm insurance guys. I'm right. like, oh my so god. So don't walk under scaffolding. I never do. You, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is this probably like a, maybe a one percent chance, but it's a one percent chance. Yeah. Why do I it? Have nothing to do with it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So. You're right. So insurance companies are doing that as well. Yeah. Um, they are providing risk services, so especially some of the large carriers. Yeah. They provide risk. It's just beneficial to them. It's beneficial to the, especially on workers' compensation, for instance. They have the loss history. And I remember once in analytics, I was doing a, a full-blown analysis for escalators when I was working for this insurance company. And it's amazing how many accidents happen in an escalator. So you would be scared and you're dodging, you know, scaffold. You're going to be not taking escalators anymore after you see that, you know, there are people who die in escalators. Yeah. But again, how can you share that knowledge to your clients, you know, right. so you reduce risk? Well, there was a book um, a while ago, maybe you're familiar with it, called Freakonomics. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they talk about how uh, people individually, and I would imagine collectively, people are not really good at assessing risk. And so when you provide... Uh, hard data uh, to show yeah. the truth. Sometimes the where you see a, an incongruity between what the group or the person thinks and the data thinks is where you get this aha moments. Uh, exactly, right? exactly. So in their book, they said a, a you know a swimming pool is more dangerous than a loaded gun. Correct. In the house, you never think of it. Right? You don't think it, of it that it, way. It is right? statistically speaking. So t- give give us one. Give us one of those. Um, th- oh something God. that you saw in the data that you were like, wow, that's surprising. Uh, the escalator was surprising. I remember yeah. that one. 
Um, let me see. Oh, this is off the bat. Um, let me think about it. Uh, photographers. Yeah. Using drones. Uh, it's extremely dangerous. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, drones are hitting people because, you know, they're using the drones mm -hmm. in an in a indoor environment like this and, you know, wedding party and, and everybody's happy. And then the drone falls and it hits someone. And, and I understand because I have two kids and sometimes yeah. they get those drones and I try to play with them. Right. I destroy at least four at home because right. I can't fly those things. Yeah. Um, so that's one that, you know, you see more and more people using drones and, and there's some TV commercial about uh, for an insurance company that shows drones hitting, you know, windshields. And apparently this happens a lot. You're flying a drone, people are flying a drone outside and you drive through it. Um, so there are new, new things that you never think yeah. will happen and, and it can happen. That's pretty interesting. So what, uh, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about your business. You guys, I, saw, I read you got some uh, investors give you a Series B funding. No, Series A. Series A funding. That was last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, we we did get um, you know three VCs. Yep. Uh, they're part of our board, of course. We got twelve million to be more precise. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was really the company has been around for about three years. Yeah. But if you look back, we spent. We're very careful to spend the first initial years building the platform without right. just going to market with something that was half-baked. Right. So we spent those two years building the platform and then the last 12 months or so, we've been adding more and more clients um, to our portfolio. So some of them that I can talk about are Berkshire Hathaway. Yep. We had a press release you know, about a month ago. Yep. Yesterday we had another one um, you know, with the Republic Indemnity as another client. Chubb is a client of ours and we have many others. That's great. So uh, what is, uh, I know what's driving your growth. But what's inhibiting your growth? The insurance industry itself. Right? It's just a stodgy old Yeah, it just yeah. takes time. And yeah. I think it's the nature of the beast. Right. Um, if you work in insurance, you are risk averse, probably. So that's or, a, so there's, there are two ways. There's the demand side of the insurance. Correct. But then do you have a supply side issue? D yeah. Um, talent? It's not. Well, talent is getting better. Yeah. But it's still way, and I don't remember the statistics, but somebody ran an analysis to see the average age in you know the, the insurance companies, and it's quite old, they're near yeah. retirement, and you have a whole new generation coming. Uh, so you have that still to happen. Um, yeah, I think you have the nature of insurance being risk averse. Yeah. So it, it's very, we're, we're very quick to go to pilot. And I heard another founder um, for another startup with the same issue you know, insurance company, InsureTech, um, when it comes to contracting, you know, it's just it's just a process, right? It mm -hmm. has to go through yeah. legal procurement and then back to business and back to procurement. It is just the nature of, uh, of the beast, but it's changing. The, the, the industry, I think, finally woke up and, and you have some other, you know, entrants out there, uh, you know, lemonades and, and other world and reinventing the whole industry. In the, in the fast changing market, uh, we make the point that the perfect is the enemy of the good because exactly. time is your enemy. And a lot of the processes that get set up by uh, old line companies, insurance would be one of them, uh, have this notion that uh, they're, they're, they're regulating commerce in a static environment. And it's not. So, you know, we, we would cut deals with a thousand page contract. We're like, why don't we just do 100 pages in a handshake? Because this, if, even if it's perfect today, in six months, it's off. It's off. So why invest all that time? Yeah. And there's tremendous vested interests in the bureaucracy. So you're coming in and you're disrupting yeah. insurance underwriting, which is 100-year-old business. It's a lot, you know. 
And, you know, at, at, at some level, I think a lot of people have gotten away from what, exactly what insurance is. It, it's right. it's pooling risk and sharing that risk through a commercialization of that pooling. Yeah, it's right? a very simple business model right. if you think about it. Right. We made it very complicated. And I think one of the big issues, if you think about it, historically has been capital. So a lot of the traditional players, they'd be more comfortable mm-hmm. and resisting to change because they have a lot of capital. But capital these days is very easy to get. Yeah. Right? You can raise capital very quickly. Yeah. And that is also changing the game. It's making them rethink about new entrants saying, okay, these guys, they can start to make you know, sort of a dent into the industry because capital is not an issue anymore. So a good idea becomes real much Plus faster. you can you can syndicate your risk and lower your capital requirements. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. Exactly. You can do, right. And it wasn't available before. Um, so you see the change happening. Right. It's still slow, I would say, compared to other industries. But we do expect that, you know, about about nonlinear that you mentioned, that also it's gonna become nonlinear very soon. So uh, fast forward five years now, what t- describe what Plank looks like. I think we'll look like um, Talking about disrupting underwriting, mm-hmm. I think the you know evolving from the traditional insights we're providing today because mm-hmm. people are really focused on that, and it's this is the most basic, fast, quick win that is needed mm-hmm. in terms of um, streamlining an existing process. So you're right. going to eliminate costs from that process because right. you're going to make them more efficient, underwriters more efficient in the job that they do. I think we're going to migrate. We're going to see the industry migrate from the traditional insights to the new insights I talked about, right? The density of people in a, in a dance floor. That's gonna be driving a new product, potentially, a new insurance product. It's gonna be definitely driving yeah. price, um, more, uh, you know, customized to a single um, policyholder mm-hmm. instead of just a more generalized rating yeah. criteria. So for a startup, it's, it's uh, there's so many things you could do, so it's critical to be focused, and you guys are focused on helping in business focused. underwriting, right? Yes, we're focused on commercial insurance. Yeah. We're focused on small, medium enterprise. Yeah. And if you ask me, I'm laughing because um, our founders are very much more focused than I am. Uh, you know, I tend to you know see the next shiny object because as you we talked about commercial insurance, but banks could use us for uh, credit risk. We got that request. We well, it's I'm, very I'm, hard to keep focused, but we are very focused. I'll th- so I'll throw one out there that's really that that, that, that we talk about in our business is uh, doing what you're doing in the healthcare industry, and you know there's again I'll say the defensive playbook for that is better, faster, cheaper healthcare, which is in everyone's interest, about twenty percent right. of the economy, and solves a lot of public policy and 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 issues. But then there's the offensive strategy for the same thing, where your outcomes are a life extension. And the, the money on that is uh, un- unquantifiable. Yeah. So, uh, you, so let's go back to your business. Are, I, I sense from you, you're a very bullish, very optimistic about the future. Is that is that fair? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And I think we've seen that. And I, and I mentioned the last twelve months. Yeah. But if I if I look at our pipeline in the last six months, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I think we we're growing to that point. We're going faster than we thought. Um, which is which is great. Right. Now it's the execution that is the challenge with insurance right. within the insurance company. How can we turn that into you know uh, more and more you know, clients and execute on it? But the, it, we can see the movement. We can clearly see where right. insurance companies, big, medium, and and small, right? mutual insurance companies are always you know, also looking at the future because they're going to get their you know 
the, the, the mutual the, companies are slower than normal. They are, but still, they are all moving. Yeah. And you have MGAs. You know, they, they are now coming up with new fully digital ideas, no capital required pretty much, or whatever they can get, and they're coming. So everybody's going to eat yeah. that pie. Uh, so whoever you know is smarter and faster is going to get a bigger piece. I used to I used to work at State Farm. I was out in Bloomington, uh, Illinois. That explains and, uh, why you know this. I think they had a picture of Dwight Eisenhower in the lobby. I was going, oh, this a little bit of backward thinking here. But, a little bit. Uh, but the, the, uh, you know, all those companies are, are are challenged. You know, they bring in people from the outside to bring in some fresh thinking, but the bureaucracy is slow to change. Correct. And when we see these disruptive technologies, people. You know, one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to expose people to these ideas, to demystify them in some level, mm -hmm. to help lower the barriers to change. Because I think a lot of the times you go into an organization and they're just afraid of what they don't understand. You're right. They, they're used to and comfortable with yesterday and the day before, and they want tomorrow to look like that. But we know what's coming. It's not going to look like that. You're right. And there are tremendous opportunities for people who embrace the change and help make it happen. The people who fight it, I think, are the ones who are going to end up with a short end of the stick. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. And, and you, you have the common excuse yeah. um, is well, our legacy systems will never support anything new. And it is true to some extent because the yeah. legacy systems are truly legacy. We're talking about 40-year-old systems in some yeah. cases. Right. Or um, COBOL programs. Maybe some of the viewers will not even know what COBOL is. That's I'm sure right. you do. I do, yeah. um, I know. Um, we're old. And, but that, they're still out there. So I think the trick for insure tax is really to be able to come up with a solution that is that doesn't require a whole new platform to be implemented um, or to be you know at uh, at the insurer yeah but work with the legacy systems because there are hundreds of them and if you just wait for all those legacy systems to be replaced in any big not gonna happen. it's not going to happen yeah right? i came out of the telco industry not going to happen there were systems that were used in the 1960s and early 70s that, that are still in production Correct. today and these are systems of record, you know, uh, and, and they're typically static. Yeah. And the, where you're developing what we would call a system of insight. Correct. And then there's systems of engagement. And the systems of insight and systems of engagement are where the action is. You want to leave that other stuff alone. We, we, we find clients who are trying to conflate those three systems, they get caught up in change management and all kinds of enterprise architecture issues. So we try to say, look, use OpenStack API, separate it. Allow for the innovation and just exchange the data uh, through governance. Spot on. Right. I think you're spot on. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard to change, right? It is very so. hard to change. You're used to that. And plus, you have the spaghetti. And again, in my previous company, I used to use that spaghetti. And I created this spaghetti with the, with the help of a, you know, a couple consulting companies in the back uh, because it helped with the business case for change. Mm -hmm. But the, it also backfired a little because if you show the, show, show the spaghetti of data flowing mm -hmm. and the little systems and, and thousands of systems sometimes linked to each other, if you try to pull one, everything breaks. So how do you do it? Um, in my previous, previous company, without mentioning names, they had a very, very large project that was intended to change the whole front end globally mm -hmm. um, and this bank uh, without being too specific. And... It took, I think, about five years and several billion dollars until they finally shut it down and said, we can't do this. Yeah. We, we, I think, you know, the business reference architecture that we, that we drive with clients is anchored off of what we call the magic middleware. 
and it's magic in a sense that doesn't exist, but it has the aspects of God architecture, which mm-hmm. is it's omnipresent, it's omniscient, and it's omnipotent. So it is bonded to everything. It sees and knows what it sees and is able to act on that. So those three characteristics uh, drive that. And in order for you to enjoy that, that magic middleware becomes the isolating event for all systems of record. So imagine I'm picking like SAP or Oracle or some Mm. legacy system that's sitting out there. I would architecturally isolate it and not allow anyone to touch it unless they went through the middleware. So that's how the iPhone is architected. Mm-hmm. So you, if, if you have 50 apps on your iPhone or 500 apps, they can't talk to each other. They have to go through the iOS. And what that allows you to do is to do push updates and constantly uh, change your apps without worrying about what everybody else is doing, as long as you're good with the middleware. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to keep legacy systems running as long as they ch- Exactly. And I can exchange the data, and I can innovate on the edge and still be stable. So, but it's, it's, it's hard to go do that. Yeah, because the magic middleware, as I said, doesn't exist, uh, and everyone wants to control it. You got Salesforce with MuleSoft, mm-hmm. Microsoft wants to do it. The phone companies are trying to do it and expanding their network OS, and we got five G coming out. And five G again is going to change your 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 business, right? Oh yeah, because it's going to make it better. Camera, camera proliferation. It's going to make it better, exactly. Your your sources of data are exploding. I would imagine. You're right. You're right. And it's funny because you asked me this. Uh, and, uh, uh, a prospect client I was talking to about two months ago right. asked me the opposite question, which I was surprised. I'm like, do you see the the data sources that you currently collect, which are publicly available, um, reducing? I'm like, on the contrary, I don't know, are you asking me the question? It's actually expanding. You know, I'm going to get more and more and more available yeah. every day. I mean, I just I have a 14-year-old daughter, and the amount of stuff that she posts and she produces digitally is just amazing. Right? And, and, and everybody else is doing this. So it's just growing. Businesses are doing it because it's good for business. You have to you know, yeah, well, talk I, about yourself. And if you're not talking about yourself, somebody else is talking about you. Yeah. Well, your phone's record. I mean, I don't, people don't realize this. Your phone's recording everything you say. Exactly. What, the, what gets done with it is a different issue. Mm-hmm. Alexa in your home. Alexa in your same home. Same thing. Exactly. Uh, your cameras, if you have cameras at home. Yeah. Uh, Amazon bought Blink. I threw a couple of Blinks in, in there. Again, I'm the customer of this for the most part. I'm sure Amazon's watching who's standing on my front porch. But I like that because I get an alert. And, you know, if someone's there, I can see something. Huh. All the way to that ring thing. I think Amazon bought them I as well. I think they bought that too, yeah. And you can pretend like they you're home and you can answer and I you know. can talk to them. So that's some pretty – you're going to – so uh, I'm very bullish on you guys. We're going to keep an eye on you. Good. And Good. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I, at some level, I'm also um, – I think I'm probably bullish on the insurance industry. Yeah. Because uh, the the early adopters here are going to start to make really improve their margins quickly, but then I, I think there's going to be. You know, we tend to think that in digital markets, if I if I were to say, insurance is an analog market historically, paper based bureaucracy, yeah. bureaucracy capital driven, mm-hmm. you know. And now it's moving to a data-driven business, which let's just say it's a digital. And it's not like a one or a zero kind of flip, but it's more tend to be digital. Digital businesses tend to be winner-take-all. Correct. And so uh, insurance companies in, the, in this first bit of this transformation as we pivot from analog to digital, paper-based capital to information-based intelligence, uh, everyone's going to make money. 
And then it's going to start to concentrate to the ones who adopt it the best and create new business models. Correct. So and you're right at the center of that. I change. think so. And we and just one more thing about this. Um, I have we have sort of our internal joke now, and especially for me, as I was sitting in an insurance company, right. so I had my view there. What happened now is I'm, I have a different point of view. I'm talking to hundreds of insurers, and and it's funny because I think they all read the same report about two years ago, where the growth is, and it is small, medium businesses, digitally enabled platforms. So sometimes. And sure, before talking to me, will say, um, you have to sign an NDA because we have a secret. And I know what the secret is going to be. And it's inevitably, it is the same plan. So you're right. I think they're, they're all going the same direction. They're all going to make, make money to some extent, but it's going to be a winner takes all. Yep. The smarter one, yeah. you know, will we'll take it. So Leandro, thanks for taking some time on much. this uh, beautiful afternoon here on Thursday in New York. Uh, people want to learn more about Plank, they can go to your website at yes. PlankData. PlankData.com. Yep. And uh, I look forward to seeing some exciting things from you guys. You betcha. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, thanks for listening to Pardon the Disruption. We'd like you to subscribe to our podcast if you like it. You can find us on most of the platforms where you get your podcast from, whether that be iTunes or YouTube or whatever you're on. Uh, we also want some feedback. Which shows do you want us to cover? What do you like? What do you not like? So that we can do this. We're doing this for you. We're not doing this for anything else. So please subscribe and give us some feedback. Thank you very much.